0: Over at the Never Heard of It podcast, we've spent the last four years criticizing people's films and talking about how they could have made them better. Well, you know what? Now it's time to put your money where our mouth is. That's right, the Never Heard of It podcast and Night Shift Radio are making a movie. We are making a brand new sci-fi thriller called Somnium. Somnium is the tale of a brand new app, something kind of like TikTok, where people are able to watch others' dreams, everyone's dreams, anonymously across the world. However, our main character, Adam, starts to see dreams that look all too familiar, including dreams of somebody murdering him. So the question is, who is dreaming of murdering Adam? That's the question we look to answer in our brand new film, Somnium. But we need your help. We need your help in funding so we can pay the amazing crew and the amazing cast of this brand new film. Head to nightshiftradio.com Somnium. Donate what you can. And if you can't, share with 100,000 of your closest friends. Someone out there is going to be a rich weirdo that's going to want to fund this film. So again, nightshiftradio.com slash Somnium. Thank you so much, guys. We look forward to making this movie just for you.
1: You just reminded me of something I wanted to say.
2: Is it that you're a gamer girl?
1: It's definitely that I'm a gamer girl. And that's the cold open.
2: Hello and welcome to Shift Alt Q, your LGBTQ plus centered source for creative, fun and thoughtful discussions and news at the intersection of gaming, diversity and community. I'm your host, Alex. Jesse is out with a mouthful of cotton balls right now because human bodies still think wisdom teeth are a necessary thing in the year of our Lord Cyberpunk 2077. (laughs) So I've roped our (laughs) beloved producer, Andrea Quinn, in to talk about gay games and transhumanism. Andrea, introduce yourself, please, because you do too much for me to remember it all.
1: (laughs) I don't know how it happened either. I I signed on to this little network so I could talk about Battlestar Galactica, and the next thing you know, I'm the producer of this very podcast, Shift Alt Q. I am the marketing manager for our network, Night Shift Radio. I am the co-host of Set Condition One, which is our Battlestar Galactica fan cast. I'm also the host of Storyteller Series Author Interviews, which is a like once-monthly um, interview series with our contributors to the Storyteller Series Audio Drama Podcast. So if you want to say hello to me, I would love that at media NSR at SecCon one pod cast at NSR shift alt Q. I'm all over the place. Come say hello. I think that's, that's it. I do a little bit of everything uh, for our, our lovely network. Um, and I will say as marketing manager, it's my job to say before we get into all the game chat, we'd love it. If you subscribed rated and reviewed shift alt Q in your podcatcher of choice, make sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at NSR shift alt Q. Um, that's a ton of info, but you can find all of it at nightshiftradio.com and or nsrad.io because it's rad and it's like radio.
2: Got it. Thank you, Andrea. So you're, you're a gamer, right?
1: I would say, what do you say about that? (laughs) I would say I'm the kind of person who there are like maybe three or four games a year that I get really into i pay a lot of attention to what's going on and I, I watch you play lots and lots of games and
2: yeah we're we're roommates by the way
1: oh yeah no it's <laughs> just, just through your window alex and i are roommates and we co-parent a dog
2: <laughs> and three cats and three
1: cats we're also recording from two different rooms in the same house right now that feels important to mention but yeah so i don't play as much as i watch or
2: would like to you still engage you engage with a lot of the content and the industry even if you're not the active player
1: yeah absolutely definitely don't get to actually play as much as i would like to and that's for a variety of reasons but i do watch a ton of gameplay i listen to a ton of podcasts about video games i read i pay attention i Sink hours and hours and hours of my life into a handful of games every year. Um, ask Alex. I don't know who I'm talking to. Hey, Alex. Ask yourself <laughs> about the summer of Persona Four. Who me? Oh God. Yeah.
2: Yeah. You beat that game before me. Even it's one of my favorites.
1: <laughs> there were like several days where I to slept.
2: But no, it's 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 not a matter of lack of interest. It's I I see it because I'm similar. Although I do. I kind of prioritize gaming above other hobbies and and TV and movies and things like that. It's just the one that I connect with the most. Um, but it's more more an allocation of attention.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I don't want this to sound like I'm. I need to justify myself to the to the listeners that I'm like a a real gamer, and I don't think that's what you're saying either. No,
2: no, 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 not at all. This is <laughs> no. We're, I just mean to. Well, one, I want to play on a. Tr- the (laughs) trope because it's stupid and I want (laughs) to point it out but no just to establish a little bit of like where you come from in this conversation yeah
1: Yeah, so like I so that's a good point because there are going to be things where as we're talking through this I might have questions I wouldn't necessarily have if I were playing a game directly or there might be things that yeah I think I think that's worth knowing where i come from i also think if you're here hey if you're over here because you um heard me talk about the show on second edition one this week thank you hi welcome gabe if you're listening you're gonna love yeah. the shift Dog Hi, Gabe. <laughs> that's boston gabe nice to meet you
2: <laughs> oh boston oh boston Gabe. i've See? heard yeah
1: exactly but uh listeners over there know because it's come up a handful of occasions and also because they hear me um that i have a uh, what my psychiatrist calls a textbook case of ADHD. And so the sinking my entire life for several weeks at a time into three or four games is, is pretty indicative of that. And then the struggle to start a new game when what is really the, like what I get most out of is having, is getting to watch somebody else who has the patience play the game while I you know, grade papers, not that I'm doing that right now, or work on headliners for our network or answer emails or whatever. Yeah.
2: Yeah, You like to engage with it as kind of like a multitasker. Yeah. So that makes sense. You you don't like to give your whole attention to any one given thing, unless you absolutely have to. Yeah, I hate
1: to. It's a real...
2: You're like that coffee shop person who like, or yeah, the person who goes to the coffee shop to work because you need that ambient noise and the environment.
1: Yeah. How many times have you walked in on me, like, watching X-Files, listening to a podcast, and writing
2: a paper? <laughs> like, I, I And I have ADHD, too, as I've recently been diagnosed. Welcome to hell. Um, but we, like, manifest very differently because I need, like, complete silence. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I need to focus wholly. I'm, I'm more of a, like, fixator in that way. I get easily distracted, whereas you, like...
1: See, I look at it as I need so much.
2: Welcome to our mental health edition. Yeah, um, um, we should say um, I know
1: you said this at the top but uh, with Jesse not here this week and Jesse we hope that you're feeling better and my offer to bring you jello um, and throw it through your open window from a safe distance still stands. Um, <laughs> we love you and we miss you and we need you back. So sure
2: he'd love that.
1: Yeah, so this episode is obviously going to be a little less conventional because the other thing that we should say is that I'm We
2: still have game stuff oh, to talk got, about. We've got yeah. we've got plans. Yeah, we've, Don't exactly. you worry. And I'm
1: bringing my my particular lens.
2: Yeah, I say I roped you in, but like it actually makes sense. So, well,
1: yeah, I'm happy to be here. So yeah, Alex.
2: All right, I guess we'll get into it now that we've established that the word gamer doesn't mean anything unless you want it to. (laughs) (laughs) And it should never get in the way of anyone's enjoyment of video games. Basically, if you're a gamer, if you want to be. That's
1: beautiful. If you don't want to be.
2: That's fine. I'm I'm happy for you either way. Yeah,
1: as long as you're standing in your truth.
2: <laughs> yup. So, a little bit of news at the top. Um, An update on Cyberpunk since that's the big thing happening right now. Cyberpunk is definitely getting better. There's been, what, six, seven patches now? um, At least on PC and PS5. I think I'm on 1.06 now. Yeah, wow. so six patches. Which is pretty good for, like, two and a half weeks.
1: Are you noticing an incremental difference in those six, like, between patch one and...
2: Yes, it's... M- It's more stable, although I have noticed – so I switched to PC right right after – like literally the morning after our last recording, I switched to PC and had a much better experience until about – I mean, I had to fiddle with the settings like the whole time because it was still giving me some issues, but it was way better than it was looking-wise on PS5. And I only have a 2060 Super, Um, so not like a great card, but it can do ray tracing. But the further I got in the game, the more everything just, like, turned into a potato. Oh. <laughs> and and now the, the lights and the shadows are flickering constantly. I, I keep trying to fix the settings. Um, I'm going to have to tweak with it some more. But it got to the point where I was like, I am so in love with this game. I'm so hooked now um, and have had minimal graphical glitches other than... The optimization issues. Well,
1: that's that's good.
2: Um, like a couple floating objects here and there. It is definitely it's definitely improved from my first experience on the PS5. Um, I haven't had a single crash oh, on PC. That's, I,
1: I don't think and, I realized that. That's and great. I've
2: played now almost sort of, about thirty hours. I would say, but I'm I I hit the brakes because I was like, oh my god, it's it's a potato now, <laughs> and I was like, I, I don't know if it was save bloat or or what, but. It really got worse, and I like kept messing with the settings, reverting it back to how it used to be, then taking certain things down, and then I was like, "Okay, is that making it look worse?" So it just like I was getting about thirty frames a second, pretty consistently, fine before. Now it's that's really tough, and also it it just yes, yeah, potato.
1: And sixty is the gold standard for that, right? Like the best.
2: Yes, and it can do sixty on PS five. Right. Though without ray tracing, and it looks worse than you're at, you you yeah. know, you're, than it did on my PC when it was running right. fine.
1: But now you're at half that, um, and then is that pretty standard for, like, if you were getting 30 consistently without all the other issues, do you think?
2: 30 is playable. Um, it's not ideal, especially for, like, the, a quick action.
1: Right, right. That's a good point.
2: Kind of gameplay uh, loop that this game has. Um, but it was totally playable for me in that, for that time, um, you do notice a bit of a difference, but I'm usually, I'm used to playing a lot of games in 30 cause I'm a console, mm-hmm. um, dweeb. <laughs> so I'm going to save a lot of my thoughts other than the kind of high level stuff we're going to be talking about. Um, and, and examples that speak to that with the transhumanism, uh, conversation, but yeah, I'll save the rest of my thoughts for when Jesse's back. Yeah, we don't back. want
1: him to miss out on that,
2: right? But I, I, I do think I am go as much as I am really enjoying this game more than I. You know, it, it, this was one of my no, this was my most anticipated game of the year. Probably even beating out Animal Crossing because I guess it came out early enough that it wasn't.
1: Well, and you also anyway, kind of but... had an idea of what to like. You- Expect yeah. the Animal
2: Crossing less so with this one. That's to say, I'm really enjoying this, and I think I will be waiting for the January and February patches and then diving back in in earnest. Um, probably on PS5, because at this point, the PS5 looks better than what I'm oh,
1: uh, able yeah. to get on
2: my, on my poor PC. So, I think I'll be waiting for the January and February patches, which are supposed to be very substantial a lot of optimization, a lot of bug fixes, um, content fixes, things like that. So, but, um, Another thing about cyberpunk, including the game, but also the genre in general, uh, is transhumanism. That's a core tenet of what cyberpunk is about. this this transcending the corporal form, it being uh, merged with AI or or in the case of Johnny Silverhand being a construct on a computer chip, but that is like kind of like a soul but also kind of like a program, mm-hmm. but not either exclusively. So what can you tell us about transhumanism?
1: Yeah, so I come from a background um, in in undergraduate and my graduate studies of uh, studying theory. I've taught some theory. My sort of first foray into critical theory was actually Donna Haraway's um, Cyborg Manifesto, which is really the, I'm trying to think of an, a non- gender sounding i'm like the seed the the grandfather (laughs) the grandmother the grand the grandparent um so so Haraway cyborg manifesto being the first sort of the
2: germ like yeah that's got a bad (laughs) that's got a bad connotation i remember
1: the first time i wrote a sentence in a paper where i was going to be introducing Haraway, i wrote seminal and i was like that's literally semen like you can't Like, Haraway couldn't be more interested in cutting down these, like, yeah. And Haraway not being the only one, obviously, but she's kind of the person. If you're giving somebody a primer on the the subject matter, um, you're going to start with Haraway. Um, And her, she never actually uses the word post or transhuman, uh, but she, her Cyborg Manifesto, which I think is very directly in conversation, or I should say Cyberpunk 2077, is very directly in conversation with Um, Cyborg Manifesto, even if they're not always in agreement. Um, So do you want a little...
2: Can you tell our listeners and also me what the difference is between post-humanism and transhumanism? That's
1: a very good question. Hey, listeners, just um, a little post-production note. I'm jumping in here because I don't think I did um, a great job setting up this conversation and answering Alex's question um, for the conversation that follows Um, and because obviously we're not a scripted show I didn't know where the conversation was going to go but now that I have um, had a chance to listen to it I'm just going to start at the beginning here and talk for just a couple of minutes um, to answer Alex's question a little more directly and so that's what you're going to hear now and then we'll jump right back into the regular conversation thank you yeah, so um, the first thing to keep in mind is that there really isn't one cohesive definition or, or application of either term. Uh, so uh, whether you're coming at this from a philosophical standpoint or a technological standpoint, a scientific standpoint, um, I'm coming at it from a background in literary and critical theory. So I'm not providing an exhaustive or, or even comprehensive study here. Uh, first of all, we don't have the time, not all the training to do that. So I think what I'm going to do is give you a foundational Kind of assumptions where most of these disciplines begin their studies, and then we can kind of freestyle our own thing after that. So I want to talk posthumanism broadly, and then transhumanism specifically, um, and I think we'll talk a little bit about the idea of the cyborg as it is applied to both. Okay, so no matter where you're coming from, the important thing is that posthumanism is chiefly concerned with breaking away um, from the like modern Western thinking of what it means to be human, to be like a human subject in the world. So when we say post-human, we don't mean after humans, right? This isn't like um, post-apocalyptic, no more humanity. It means like after humanism. Humanism being very specifically the school of philosophy that said humans are at the center of the world, that we're therefore separate from the rest of the world, that we are these rational subjects with interiority, and that we can understand and order the world around us. Um, And I'm giving very simplified definitions of these terms because I don't think it's really necessary for our conversation to get kind of really in the weeds with this stuff. Um, but yeah, so so posthumanism then is interested in decentering or troubling our like pretty often taken as fact understanding of the human as the center and as separate from and therefore better than animal and machine specifically, those categories animal and machine will be useful in just a moment. And there's a lot to be said there, like like a lot, a lot, uh, but I don't want to get us too like I said in the weeds. So we're just going to hang on to that. When we think of posthumanism, we're thinking of decentering, troubling, upsetting um, the kind of hierarchy that exists between, across, and among humans, animals, and machines. Very important to remember that that hierarchy is created by humans. That makes sense. I'm only going to talk for like another minute. I know this is a lot of me talking, but and not about cyberpunk, but we're going to get there. Um, so, so then an outcropping of that idea is of the cyborg as a post-human subject. So if humanity is the object of study for humanists, what would the object of study be for post-humanists? And some have said, uh, well, that's the cyborg, right? That's where my girl Donna Haraway comes in. And she says, Pacey. And she says, Pacey. And she says says cyborgs are like the perfect metaphor for that decentering and destabilizing. Because uh, she says it makes clear what she calls the leaky boundaries between human, animal, and machine. Okay, so then on the other hand we have, I shouldn't say on the other hand because they're not at odds necessarily. Um, but transhumanism uh, doesn't really call for the end of the human subject in the same way um, as the center of things. Uh, rather, transhumanism is all about making humans like better, faster, stronger, smarter, and specifically through the addition of technology which I, I'd argue it still kind of puts the human subject at the center of the world. It just uh, like extends or expands our definition of what a human is. And I think that's where Johnny Silverhand, for example, will will come into play. Is, is Johnny a human? Is um, somebody who exists only as their consciousness, right? Uploaded um, to or downloaded or whatever. I don't know. Still human. And so that was... A lot of information very quickly, and there's a lot more we could get into. I think for our purposes today, like those those are the building blocks you need. If you think of trans, transhumanism, trans, right, um, as a way of literally transcending or... Um,
2: to cross over, that's what trans is. Right, a,
1: so from...
2: Uh, root exactly, word means.
1: Um, from the sort of human body as we consider the human body in the terms that, that we mm-hmm. understand it into something... Else and therefore more uh, transhumanism. Posthumanism is comes from the thinking of the humanist perspective, where humanity being right the center and the world kind of growing out from and around for humans. Posthumanism says like no, um, there's a world beyond. There's a, there's a world we can envision where humanity, where humans aren't the the center and the creators of it. Haraway to start, and again she doesn't speak for all posthumanist and or transhumanist thought, but Haraway is chiefly concerned with decentering the human experience and thinking of posthumanism and post-humanism that way versus transhumanism. Um I think of transhumanism as more of adding to, right? Um, additions to the human body. Whereas
2: Evolving yeah, whereas, yeah and
1: I, I think of, and again, this isn't necessarily the only way to read these things, right? But I think of um, mm-hmm. transhumanism still being concerned with the human body, whereas post-humanism is much more concerned about the world in absence of, or or not necessarily in absence of, but um, with a leveled hierarchy with humanity. So we think of humanity, again, center of the world, top of the food chain. What if we didn't? And so, if you think about it, posthumanism is more environmental. Transhumanism is more about the body. That's the kind
2: of yeah. Okay. And again, that's not the you. only
1: way. And I'm no expert. I have a master's degree in English from a state college. Um, I so, but
2: a Big Ten um, though.
1: Um, I'm not downplaying my
2: which is Big Ten's all about sports. Yeah, anyway. Though,
1: but uh, I also played on the football team, so I know a thing or two about that. Oh, yeah.
2: Well, you, that's how you got your football. <laughs> right.
1: Hell, yeah. Could you imagine? Um, that's a movie, me somehow faking my way into...
2: Yeah, to to, to get your queer theory degree. Degree at
1: Rutgers <laughs> University. Um,
2: Redacted. <laughs> Redacted University. right
1: to hell. Um, I'm cutting that. So what I'll say is that that what I think is so interesting about cyberpunk um and you'll be able to speak more to the game than to the this theory part that i'm going to kind of tee up and then toss to you is this idea of like decentering the human experience right um we think about like Mm -hmm. borders and boundaries right so there's the city there's the civil the quote-unquote civilized world that's where humanity lives and then there's out there there's nature there's other right there's humans and animals as if we're not animals there's humans and animals and plants and places things right these are all differently defined the
2: area the area outside of night city is literally called the badlands right
1: right there you go right
2: there's your connotation well and
1: bad for for whom right um and the thing that Haraway and i keep using her as a shorthand because i'm in love with her um but uh the thing that this conversation is really interested in is what happens when, so self, currently, me, human, in the civilized world, other, everything else. And it sounds like bad lands equal other, right? Um, yes. And then where post humanism and transhumanism might diverge from the game is being very interested in the language we use to draw those, to either draw those boundaries, reinforce those boundaries. Um, or to work to dismantle them, to subvert them, um, these divides between I always think about and this isn't this is not my uh, original conceptual, conceptualization, but when you think self slash other right animal slash machine, mm-hmm. organic slash inorganic, what's in that slash right what's in that um, divide what's in that sort of rupture and that's where post humanism and transhumanism uh, exist. Well, well, really want to kind of like try to live.
2: Um, hmm. Can
1: I give you some Haraway quotes just cause I, I think she's made this really clear for me.
2: Sure. Yeah. And you said that cyberpunk might not be examining it, but, and that's kind of why I brought you on this. Cause I, I do see them, them addressing things in ways that I am really excited about and, Well, you know, it's, it's no Donna Haraway. But who is? Like, (laughs) exactly. But, uh, but it's, it's really interesting. They do have moments where they're, they're, they're questioning, okay, where is the line? Where do you start and stop being human? What is a soul? Can you copy a soul? Um, can you, is your uploading of a psyche, uh, that person or is it not um and the the whole immortality thing and there's a in very early on there's a discussion uh on like a talk show when you're in an elevator in a story sequence where they talk about the the immortality chip um which and the one woman is like oh this is the best and here's all what it could do for humanity and what great technological advancement. And the other guy who was, I think like a pastor or reverend or something was like, do you not see that this is the like opposite? You're you're giving up humanity. You're subverting your humanity. You're becoming a machine. You are stripping away your soul into ones and zeros. And how is that human? Like he says in more of a like, I, I don't know, preachy. Mm. But that's that's the devil kind of that's way. The but like he's the asking. question he brings up is the 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 conversation they have is interesting, as um, Jerry Springer esque as it is framed, which is kind of funny. But <laughs> they have a lot a lot of conversations like that. Whether it's in this this moment on the the talk show, they have their various news segments and stuff. Two that you can watch on the TV or in the in the elevators or where billboards and stuff, but also with characters, um, either through the story or through side stuff. And I will say that the story is not at all contained within the main missions. It exists pretty much everywhere you go. It's all tied. It's all tied to, and you never know what you're gonna come across.
1: Even that, and so I'm gonna start doing the thing where uh this is not a game I've played. I've watched this is a game I've thought about playing though, so I haven't watched as much as I might otherwise. Um,
2: mm-hmm. yeah, I've tried to be relatively spoiler-free for Yeah, you. so
1: um so I'm just kind of speculating. But it's interesting to think about another thing, um, and this is this is a pretty distinctly queer theory uh approach to narrative is we think of a story, right? A, B, C, beginning, middle, end. And obviously gaming, especially in these more open world games, um, disrupt mm-hmm. that to begin with because it that yeah. story...
2: Player agency. Yeah,
1: absolutely. And you kind of shape your story and my story is going to be different from yours. But there's still a way for most open world games typically to move through those games in a fairly linear fashion and get... Yes. right. And most of the like flavor comes from side quests and that kind of thing. But you theoretically could skip and still get most of the well, story. But that's not so much the case for Cyberpunk, right?
2: Correct. You can technically mainline it and get an ending. Will it be what will it be comprehensive of what the story of Cyberpunk actually is? Never mind the world and and all the characters and stuff you can do. No. You will not have had a comprehensive experience of the story by mainlining right. it. Because so much of it, yeah, and, and not in a way where it's it's watered down. Like so, some of the, and it's very traditional to think about it as side content. Right, they don't right. really delineate. I think that might be what it's called in the your journal section, but it does not feel like a watered down. I mean, sure, there's, there's gigs and you do some mer- mercenary stuff for money, but... A lot of it is like I came upon a guy who was preaching about the dangers of cyberware and um, how it's taking away our humanity, and and they're, they're, they have chips in it and they're watching you and this, that, and the other thing. And one my response was like, "Okay, what do I do? Like, re- take Will my delete my Facebook? My optics. Yeah, what if I, what do I do? Delete my nervous system? That is all." all the wires now. Right. right. And he – yeah, so and so we kind of went back and forth and he is a, re- a regular like character you can come back to cool. and wherever you like further on in the story he'll have a new thing to bring up about that conversation and you kind of go back and forth. So
1: you're you're having you, these conversations.
2: Yeah, and you can Depending on how you answer, you may or may not develop a relationship with characters mm-hmm. all over that you might have thought were just like, oh, this is just kind of a, a fixture NPC. And um, But yeah, those conversations, this is a long tirade to yeah. say, yeah. those conversations are happening kind of directly in the game. And there was even a Ripper Doc, which is basically the surgeon who does the cyberware, who I, he, I came in and, and he was like a, a new one. I hadn't seen him before. He was totally jacked, um, but no cyberware. And my character commented, "Like, wow, not not a, not even like a, the special hands that they normally have mm-hmm. to do their very precise work." And he said, "No, even one replacing one finger takes away from the muscle structure that you need to have, like." your humanity to have a like, clear head to be able to do the best possible thinking and job at this. So he was like a healthy human organic mm-hmm. body is the key to success in life. So I, the first thing I
1: should say is that I have been waiting to be just fully uploaded to the cloud. So I'm coming in yeah, with a kind well that, of bias mm-hmm. to begin with. Um,
2: yeah, but anyway, I just went that was like multiple examples yeah. here and there of this conversation happening. Yeah.
1: Well, that one's really fascinating because unsought out right, even. It's like does that guy have any feelings? Did he have braces? Like did.
2: I'll, I don't know. Or is yours
1: pierced? <laughs> um, and I think what there's so many things that you're that you're bringing up that I'm I'm thinking through and and feeling like I'll have more to say. Um, not on this podcast, but just out loud, I guess, to you in the kitchen um, about <laughs> about all of this.
2: We'll, we'll have that podcast soon, <laughs> there probably. You
1: go. Just us talking about the neighbors. Um, well, so if you think about the whole point of, and so these are to some extent cyborgs, right? Half, I'm saying half human, half machine, but part human, part machine. To what degree, right? That's a pretty... Yeah,
2: and varying a a pretty wide variation of degrees, Mm -hmm. too. Well,
1: and then that's what's very interesting, too, is because if we're thinking binary, human, machine, right? That's on the one side is human, on the one side is organic, on the other side is machine, on the other side is synthetic. But when I say side, that implies two halves, right? That's a binary. Um, And Mm
2: -hmm.
1: in what way is this game breaking breaking those binaries down? It sounds like it's trying, at least, right? Um,
2: Oh, it is, yeah. And
1: then what a posthumanist would argue is that in those very, in breaking down the binaries that we are so often, that we so often like think of in terms of ideology, in terms of what we're sort of taught implicitly just by moving through the world as, um, as unchangeable. So things like, and obviously I, my guess is that people listening to this podcast are going to know this is a pretty tired, um, argument, but things like gender, sex, sexuality, um, You know, we still have a long way to go, but we've also come from a place where it, for a lot of people, um, again, breaking down those binaries of male, female, straight, straight, gay. um,
2: The the needle has moved. Right.
0: Somewhat. And it's because, at least in
1: part, conversations like this. So the argument, the main argument being, and the one that it sounds like cyberpunk is engaged with is... um, when the organic body right when the human body meets machine, um, it becomes a lot harder to see those those divisions um, mm-hmm. and she says i'm gonna 'm just going to give you a couple of her quotes because I think she really um, there's a reason she's she's the the go-to for this um, but she says that cyborgs Um, So these characters in cyberpunk have made thoroughly ambiguous the differences between natural and artificial mind and body Um, self developing and externally designed right so the human body growing versus what we've created to add to the human body Um, and many other distinctions that used to apply to organisms and machines. Um, She says um, that in breaking down, right, in this breaking down, she's arguing for, cyborgs arguing for sort of a pleasure in the confusion of those boundaries. So it's not necessarily a bad thing, right, and for um, responsibility in their construction. This is her quote. So in taking on and in having to sit with these conversations when the fully human guy without any upgrades or whatever comes and says... That the only way to be like authentically human and do surgery in the right way or whatever is because my body has not been um, altered or whatever, right? And so these disruptions, these gray areas, um, open up other conversations, right? To disrupt other kinds of kinds of binaries,
2: um, like gender. Like,
1: Gender, for example. And she, she herself says something like... Um, oh, God. She's so good. She says, cyborgs... One of the lines, cyborgs have no truck with bisexuality. And she says something else about gender.
2: No truck. Yeah,
1: like they don't give a shit.
2: Like they don't have an issue with or they aren't... They they don't like it. They're not They're bothered. they just like
1: not... It's like... It's beyond. It like what are you it? even talking about bisexuality? Because that still implies a binary. Mm.
2: And Although I, we... Do you want to point out that the, bisexual, the binary and bisexual is liking someone who's the same sex as you and then someone who is a different Or another. Sex or another. Either in particular... Yeah, right. Or, but it's still yeah.
1: that self and other. That same and other. It's yes, still a true. binary. Yes, that's
2: as, as It is more ex, inclusive as either end of that binary can be. It is still a binary.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I think we have to be very... Careful and something that I think theory can get in the way of is the real world um, and so yeah that's I, true. I think it is important to call out that binary to say you know it's still a binary to say same and other, but to understand that it is a very different thing that that it is still an important distinction to make as a more inclusive um, definition than than
2: the the misconstruing of bisexuality, because bisexuality has been that, that right. uh, that in inclusive binary, I'll call it, um, of like and another kind, whether that is restricted or not. Um, it's not, bi- bisexuality is not liking men and right. women. <laughs> um, but that's been like that for a long time, but.
1: She says... What were you saying? I found the quote that I was looking she, for oh. that plays right into this. Um, she says, the cyborg is a creature in a... This is one of my favorite bits of writing in anything ever. She says, the cyborg is a creature in a post-gender world. It has no truck with bisexuality, pre-Oedipal symbiosis, unalienated labor, or other seductions to organic wholeness through a final appropriation of all the powers of the parts in a higher unity. So she's like, if there's no binary... Right, if we've transcended, if we're beyond the binary, um, and this is not a space that we in our world can pretend to be in. This is like a looking forward, right? This is like a mm-hmm. aspirational kind conceptual. of conceptual. Yeah. yeah. Um, we terms like bisexual, terms like postgender, like these are important right now for a lot of reasons in a way that. Um, but she says
2: transhumanism doesn't have quite the same real world. A fact at this point right? it means
1: a very different it's a very different conversation in the classroom on a podcast than like out on the streets right where we need to um where right. we still have a lot of work to do in very practical ways i just want to be very clear about right. that i'm not saying everybody's you know what do we even need labels for like why do we even have to that's not what i'm She says, in a sense, the cyborg has no origin story in the Western sense, a final irony, since the cyborg is also, this is the best, the awful apocalyptic telos, which is like ending, um, culmination of the West's escalating dominations of abstract individuation because we're all so out for ourselves, right? Um, I'm, Mm -hmm. I'm me, 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 individual, center, and the rest of you are all this other thing. Um,
2: well, that's the ultimate boundary, like you described earlier, the the self and then absolutely. the other. Absolutely.
1: And that division is what leads to so many other arbitrary distinctions we make for, you know, for so many reasons. And in fact, um, she says, uh, the human, an origin story the humanist sense. So thinking of post-human as, as kind of opposite or beyond um, depends on the myth of original unity, fullness, individual development and of history, blah, blah, blah. So all of this like uh, cohesion and unity that cyborg figures make impossible right i could talk about this stuff forever but um why don't we take a break so you can hear from some of our other wonderful night shift radio uh family members we have new podcast launching we have when we when i joined the network we had three podcasts i think second was number four and we have something like eight. Where are we had nine. Like nine now, eight or no. nine. And today actually is our first episode of one that I'm very excited about. Sarah Sweeney's Latchkey Kids. Sarah Sweeney is a really funny, wonderful, thoughtful person.
2: She's, she's really funny in the Slack, so yeah. I would recommend it's just from that it, alone. Yeah,
1: she's great,
2: <laughs> and it makes me want to listen. Honestly, yeah,
1: she's 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 wonderful, and uh, I was very excited when when I found out that she was coming to the network. She's also done some work um, on the storyteller series and has been a guest on Never Heard of It. So she's she's been a friend of the family for a long time. So we're very happy to have her. You'll get to hear from her and from our boss uh Michael Fight, his new podcast, Fight Jokes About Everything is in there. Um and I might run an old set condition ad just to y'all can hear what else we do. But well, we'll see. It'll be a surprise for everybody. Um yeah,
2: if you don't know Andrea um, Other than in this moment You'll get to know her more there as well
1: I, I love my podcasts Come listen to Set Condition 1 Come watch Battlestar Galactica, it's free on Peacock This could just be the ad We'll see you on the other side Gubby,
2: it's a callback <laughs> It's caught on
0: Action stations, action stations Set Condition 1 throughout the podcast I'm your host, an SC1 actual, Caleb. I'm your host, and XO, Kitsy.
1: I'm your host, Andrea, and I don't know what any of that means.
0: Welcome to Set Condition 1. A Battlestar Galactica Fancast. Each week, we revisit...
1: And I watch for the first
0: time... The 2004 sci-fi series, Battlestar Galactica.
1: Whether you're the commander of a soon-to-be decommissioned battleship... Or unexpectedly promoted to president of the Twelve Colonies...
0: Join us as we make our way through the Battlestar Galactica universe, one episode at a time.
1: I still don't know what you're talking about. Set Condition One, a Night Shift Radio production.
0: New episodes every week at Condition one throughout throughoutthepodcastcom
1: Now that I understand.
0: fight and i'm here with a brand new show called fight jokes about everything every monday wednesday and friday we're going to bring up a brand new topic something that's hot on the internet because because i live on the internet and we're going to take those silly things and we're going to joke about them and we're going to you know talk a little bit about the history of them and talk about why the internet is such a terrible but wonderful place so please join me every monday wednesday and friday for this brand new night shift radio original for more information go to nightshiftradio.com and of course subscribe wherever you get podcasts Hi, I'm
1: Sarah Sweeney, host of the
2: new podcast, Latchkey Kids. Right now, we're all at home, left to our own devices without any adult supervision. Each weekish, I'll talk to my fellow latchkey kids about what
1: they're up to, how they're wasting time, and, because I can, make them perform a dramatic reading of a TV show theme song. So join me wherever you get your podcasts. Now that we're back from the break and you've heard some of our wonderful shows, let's all take a minute together. I mean this. Let's all do it together, unless you're driving. Take out your phone. Open your podcatcher of choice. Do a little search. Hit a little five-star, any-star review, whatever feels right. It should be five, though, for Shift-Alt-Q. Subscribe. (laughs) Maybe pick one or two (coughs) other podcasts, Second Edition 1. That's a fun podcast. Hit, Hit a little subscribe on that one. A little Sarah Sweeney. Just,
2: just a little subby. Just, just a little subscribe. Just a
1: little sub on each one of those. Super Hero Cast. That's our guys with beers talking about movies with capes. Um, never heard of it. Lots of fun, weird movies. Just subscribe. Give them all a shot. Give them all a nice rating. I'm.
2: Alex is. Yeah, we would never, ta- we never tell you what to I, do. Never. It's just like, you know, if you feel like it and you, you, you're bored or like you just want to, <laughs> you're looking at your phone. you <laughs> Your thumb like slipped Oops. and it searched and it, it just went oh subscribe. subscribe and then you're like oh well, I guess I guess that's <laughs> that and I, now I I might might as well give it a shot. These are at all my favorite podcasts because I don't know. yeah we're like we're family now we're we're family that's what it's about and and you not not even blood we're chosen family yeah. and you can choose so like let's to subscribe let's uh. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, choose because again, we're not telling you what to do, just just, it's all about you, it's like player agency, you know, just just giving you you the option and and you're just you know making it worthwhile. And you you know what, that's what it's really about because not all of the main story of Night Shift Radio (laughs) is contained within Shift All Q, it's really it really branches out, and there's a lot of Different cool characters and, and development and conversations and quandaries and concepts happening, you know, in all the different branches of Night Shift you know Radio. What? So if you want the full story, you should really, you know, make the rounds, check it That's all out. like
1: I know you're Take half your joking, but it is kind of true that there are. I
2: never joke.
1: <laughs> You've never told a joke in your life. Um, it really is you like a, know me. It's a compounding experience. The more of our shows that you listen to. Does the game seem to be valuing one worldview over another at this point?
2: There's a lot of... Well, with most games, with with choice, player choice and uh, dialogue options and stuff, there's like a few different kind of choices or tones or personalities your character can take on. Um, So you can be... More corporate oriented. Um, you can be more individualistic. You can be a little bit more of a vigilante. What was, What's cool about it, though, is that you kind of get all perspectives. At least if you 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 play and you branch out and and you get really into um, the characters and things like that. Because there's certainly things where I that were optional, even in the story missions. Um, that I just opted to do because I was like, okay, well, I'm kind of role-playing, mm-hmm. so this seems <laughs> this seems like a thing I would do, that have led to conversations where it's just, it's like literally a couple minutes of just talking about philosophy and, like, capitalism and what, what does this mean, this, the, the, this chip and um, the cyberware. And there's this something that very, very early on in the game, there's like a news report about cyberpsychosis and so they're trying to figure out what's causing that but essentially the effect is that people with cyberware in them are having a, what they presume is a cyber cause cyber cyberware caused psychosis where they're going on like killing sprees or truly losing their mind. It's like a and computer like not virus. Even a, a person anymore. Yeah. Well, and there, there are, might, your character catches a, a computer virus in like the first hour <laughs> and has to have it wiped. Oh wow. Yeah. So it is that, that, that line um, because literally the options for cyberware, like I, my central nervous system can be cyberware. I can have multiple like brain implants. Or it's sorry, frontal cortex, I think, is the...
1: And as the game goes the, on, you have access to more and more implants. Can you slowly become more yes. machine than...
2: Oh, yes. Than so me- you can replace your bones. You could eat, yeah. Um, hands, arms, legs, skeleton overall, uh-huh. uh, central nervous system, frontal cortex, eyes.
1: What can't you replace? I know you can replace the you know what because I watched it
2: get Actually, exploded. You can't. You can't. Well, your character can't though. That's not oh. included. Yeah, you can't change your junk after character creation. As of yeah, that's not like yeah. Oh yeah, that that was. Um, if y'all run into a character named Jesse, not our Jesse, <laughs> but another Jesse, um, aka Flaming Crotch Man, <laughs> have fun with that and take take. I don't want to spoil it, but like that, I've seen, I've, I didn't know that this could go multiple ways. <laughs>
1: I love, yeah, you sent me a clip. Because I had an
2: experience with it. And then I sent her a clip from Twitter. And I was like, this is one, one that I want to show you that I didn't like save. <laughs> I like over the save. And then we were watching it together. And I was like, oh my God, that's not what and happened. You fully yelled. When I did, yeah, that's, so, it, that's cool. There's so much, so much, so many different ways to experience even the same, like, really quirky, interesting events that have a lot of commentary on this kind of thing and on society and capitalism and all this stuff, but they do take a really, a critical eye to these things in a way way that goes beyond what I expected mm-hmm. I'm continually surprised by the like moral questions the philosophical questions um, they really honor the theme and I, I can't claim to, I didn't play the, the tabletop game of cyberpunk um, I, I can't claim to be like a, a diehard fan or or really an expert or anything. But to me, I do see a, a great respect there and an honoring of that an exploration of that. And I think it's very cool. And to speak to what that means for like us as queer people, and me as someone who's trans, like sure, they didn't get the pronouns thing right. The, the voice is binary, the pronouns are binary, but there's so much, in this game, that does speak to me, um, in a way that I wasn't expecting to see. Not just with the there's a giant movie poster in a story mission, um, that well, it was just out in the city, but I saw it as part of a story mission because my the character I was interacting with was like standing right next to it to tell me <laughs> things that I had to do. And it was definitely like two queer women um, on this movie poster, like kissing, and not in a way that was like, "Oh yeah, we're gonna ex- sexually exploit, gratify." Blah, blah blah. It was just like here's a like a love story oh. movie. At least that was the impression I got. I don't I don't think I could have read the text on it because um, it was like already halfway to potato <laughs> at that point with my graphics. But uh, yeah, I was like, wow. Um, and there are other queer characters. Um, I know there's a trans character. I have met them. I don't want to spoil who it is. I am getting into their backstory. Um, and the trans thing hasn't come up yet. And I really like this character so Mm -hmm. far, the way they've been just as been made as a person. Um, so i'm excited and interested to see how that is handled um and we'll talk more about that later but it does feel it does feel like a a queer game as maybe not intentionally over archingly or or pointedly as um, some others, who who are really going for that, it's it's kind of this inherent like connection between queerness, transness, this transcending of binaries, mm-hmm. this transcending of, um,
1: and in an academic
2: human human trappings, right.
1: and in an academic theoretical sense, and I'm only making, you know. And I'm making this distinction for a reason, but there's an inherent queerness that that transcending mm-hmm. of binaries is is all tied up with that, so yeah, so when uh, so when I say something like that, or when you say something like that, um I think we want to remember that we're talking about this as as a way that we're reading this game and this content, not so much as and like that offers up real possibilities for the real world, certainly, but this is like not to say that um.
2: Yeah, nothing exists in effect. Right, exactly. There you go. But this is just kind of a lens mm-hmm. that we're using for these concepts based on either this real world thing like just this, this game which I exists in the real world but it isn't real and then how how it also looks in the real world even though it isn't the same like translation or applicability. Mm-hmm. But yeah, the a thing that I think also ties in about cyberpunk is they do kind of frame, maybe not directly, but I see it overarchingly is so much of this is social constructs, mm-hmm. this capitalism thing, these corporations, these borders, these different gangs and, and groups and um, legends. And what is it what does all this mean, really? Does it count for anything in the end? What? How do you translate your philosophy into action, your morals into That's action? Great. I didn't... What is the space in between those things? Where do the wires get crossed? Because they sure do. <laughs> um, how can you bridge gaps in those sometimes conflicting concepts and... Work with others who maybe have the same methods as you, but the opposite philosophy, or vice versa. Cool. Yeah, it's it's this game is very much about humanity beyond, like the the very transhuman version of humanity,
0: mm-hmm.
2: and also morality.
1: Another human construct.
2: Yes. Oh, yes, and and that's the thing too. It's like the social social construct of like what is a body? Yeah, what, is it, what does it was it mean to be immortal? Mm-hmm. Is it living forever in your human right. body? Because the emperor is like one hundred and fifty years mm-hmm. old, so in his human body. Okay, so there's that. Is it does it mean to be immortal to be have your your psyche or your soul uploaded to this data chip? Is that immortal yeah. or the other immortal? Um, that they talk about all the time is living on through the concept of being a legend, mm-hmm. being a legend. And as, so at the afterlife, that's the the bar for all the, the hot shots and the, the legends of Night City. They tend to congregate around there as they come up in status before they die. Um, but all the drinks are named after regulars.
1: Oh, I love that. <laughs>
2: But you can only get a drink named after you, after you die and become a legend. And that's that's interesting too, because it does allow you to kind of make your own, not with a, a ton of nuance and variety, but definitely makes you allows you to make your own decisions based on these kind of moral quandaries. And um, to a certain extent, you're still mercenary, but you can play that in different ways. So that's the three. It's, here are the three ways to be immortal in cyberpunk, and which is real. Which, in which way do would you want or, and do the various different characters want or think is valid and real? Um, and so that's even just like one of the many questions happening that I think relate to this. Oh,
1: yeah, absolutely. Um, at least so it sounds to me over here. Um, the thing that I was thinking about as you were saying that is that like How different is it, right, to want to become a legend and live on that way versus a chip versus m- me still here in my meat
2: suit? Like, oh, there's also a guy who's very old and has his his the only part that's meat about him still is um his head. Oh, that's a dream. The rest of him is uh, all big, like cyborg. Um,
1: How much does it cost? Like, is this an expensive?
2: Oh yeah, it's interesting too. Um, I don't know exactly how the euro dollars is the currency. I don't know what the Cubits. translation is. I would like to look that look that up. But uh, I want to say to get my like legs replaced, I won't I won't spoil with what uh, you you get for this. Chicken legs? But no, no, not chicken legs. That, although I, that would be interesting Public to see i would like to see some some more visual differences with the cyberware but cuz i don't i don't really get that very mm-hmm. much
1: but that's a bummer that's
2: mostly internal yeah yeah no i think about it cuz you can't even get your hair cut or change your hair color or anything um but uh so the two for my legs one was 35,000 euro dollars and then the other one was 45,000
1: so they're so
2: and they they vary they're very up to there and past there too, depending on what you get it's, and what like kind of strength and rarity and and all that it's funny
1: when the the point or one of the main projects of the cyborg is to break down hierarchies and disrupt binaries and et cetera et cetera um you can still only do that if you're participating in a capitalist like machine to some extent um which is the whole like the reason for those hierarchies in the first place right (laughs) is is
2: um yeah i mean night city as much as it pokes fun at capitalism is or that the game does your character supposedly does is very participatory in it like very individualistic mercenary do kind of do anything to make money but you can also refuse money Um, And and just do nice things for people, or or you you can have degrees and variations. Um, But you're right. I I, and we won't know what it would be like to not participate in that because there just isn't an alternative.
1: Exactly. I just I don't want to make it sound like um, (laughs) you know that comic that I like so much of
2: the. Oh, you participate. That's exactly the
1: one. We should improve society somewhat. You participate in society. Curious. I am very intelligent.
2: Yeah, yeah. I I have pulled up right now. It's so funny because it's like, okay, buddy, what's what's the alternative? Like, yes, let's critique it, and also we have to live in it, and they they can be they can be happening simultaneously. Yeah, you just
1: have to, and I think (laughs) paying attention is very important.
2: But yes, I like this game.
1: I like that it is willing to. It sounds like um, sit in questions and sit with questions that it doesn't have easy answers for. And I think I,
2: that's kind of the critique that I've been hearing from reviewers. And I think part of the problem is they had to mainline it, um, that right. story to get to the end. There's they're finishing that story in 20, 22 hours, 28 hours. I'm 30 hours in and I'm nowhere near the end of the story. At least the main missions, nowhere, and near. how many hours
1: are people were reviewers saying they uh
2: the 20, is, is pretty twenty two and twenty eight hours someone else played thirty, someone else played okay. forty
1: but still
2: um and i can't I've read some of their reviews, so I, and I'm not going to speak for them, but the impression that I get, especially from uh, I don't remember who it was, but they said that it was very flat it 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 really didn't provide a strong, definitive opposition and critique of capitalism. It didn't kind of put its money where its mouth is. And for one, I would say you did not experience the full story in the game and all the intricacies therein because of the nature of the review pot process. So I'd, I'm not saying this person's like a, ba- right, a bad reviewer. Yeah, it's, it's, it's unfortunate. However, I do think that that is misrepresentative of the game. Mm. And the point... And I love media where the point is what's in between, or or that there isn't an easy answer. Right. And I think that's the case here. And I'll have to see. People have been saying that the ending was again not definitive, not concrete, kind of a letdown, and things like that. I wonder if that's why. But like, I love the movie Lost in Translation. <laughs> that's what it's. That's what it is. It's in the title. <laughs> like, come on, y'all. And people are, I and I love Pride and Prejudice. And my favorite review of that film is—I've read the book many times, but I also love the two thousand five Keira Knightley film. Um, <laughs> shut up! He really does, uh, y'all.
1: That's the thing.
2: Oh, so much. Um, but anyway, my favorite review of that film that I, I saw going around from Amazon was just a bunch of people going to each other's houses. Nothing ha- like basically nothing happens. <laughs> I mean, and, no. A lot happens. It's emotional. It is. That's like British lit. It's a relationship. It's character development. It's It's all this stuff. And that's what this game is. It's Pride and Prejudice. You heard it here before. Cyberpunk 2077 (laughs) Pride and Prejudice is Pride and Prejudice. (laughs) That's what it's about. It's about the in between. It's about what we can't concretely say, do, or have control over in the world. I would bet that cyberpunk ends with some really disappointing corporate or capitalist thing, or you die or something. Like, I'm not, I don't know. So please, I'm not spoiling you. I truly have no idea. Um, Other than these impressions that I'm hearing from reviewers and, and a few other players who have finished the main story. Again, not the story as intended For, like, the whole game. As misleading as it was, there's kind of a reason why the developer was like, I'm 175 hours in and I haven't beaten it. Because there is that much to do and there is that much lore, story, character, development, progression, all that stuff out there in the game. it's not
1: just, like, running around, grinding, like just for no, I've been, like stuff is happening in those hours
2: yeah even even the grind is interesting to me because the character and the situations are wacky like F- flaming crotch man like that was a, an interesting experience to me it's more than people are giving it credit well, for and um because of the, this these kinds of deeper conversations
1: right, right. and in terms of the ending of the game that neither of us have have seen or played, so don't really know the ending. I mean, you haven't played, would, right? Right. So I can't say, but it seems like the kind of game where it would be disingenuous to tie it up neatly,
2: right? Because that's what the whole crux of it is about in these concepts. Mm-hmm. And like I understand narratively, or or from a player perspective, you maybe you do want you you play a game to feel empowered or having a riveting story and a oh, payoff yeah. and There's all this be stuff. something there and that doesn't mean and in different people have different tastes for that but to me like I can be satisfied by something that like this that that has these these in-between concepts and and conversations and is is kind of uh, nebulous in that way to not hand me an ending or an answer with a little bow wrapped on mm-hmm. it or um, to, to really what it should do, I think, is ha- in some way and so that that conversation and those questions stay with yes, you. Yes, yes. You're still asking them. They still speak to them. Yeah. And so like a tidy tie up or I just don't think it necessarily fits for you to blow up the, the corporate thing and... And now if there's, a, there's anarchy or there's, there's collectivism suddenly or we, we do, you know, there's, there's a million ways that this could go. From what I see, I don't think that it makes sense or that like for the world right. or, or what the world is about and, and the questions that um, like it speaks to, as I said.
1: Yeah. I'll be really interested to see um, how your opinion and your feelings about this game and to listen to you and Jesse talk about it as you as you both work your way through it. Well, obviously, yeah, we revisit
2: it? and maybe it is a terrible ending. I don't right. know. I just don't, I don't think that that's what makes a bad ending. Right. You know, I think that that could work very well for what it is.
1: Upload me to the cloud.
2: And not just in like a, her voice, she, like her whole brain. She wants to be on that ship.
1: I would, I, like...
2: It's been saying for years, too. It's not even,
1: it's... There's no.
2: Did you say hold on? Did you say it before May, 2012? Did you predate cyberpunk? I don't. Although I'm sure the relic exists in the table. Well, I've known you since probably. September
1: 2012, and I was definitely saying it before that. You've never not heard me.
2: No. Oh. Okay, well, cyberpunk probably still predated you. Anyway. <laughs> anyway. Um,
1: we've had a lot of fun here today.
2: That'll do it. That'll do it for us, y'all. So, we're we're happy happy to have had this time together, and we love you. And we're we're happy we're happy to have be be bringing in the end of this year together. This is something that we've been wanting to to do for a very long time, and I'm just really really glad we, we were able to finally make it happen in some some way shape or form. And, and
1: you guys are gathering. And steam. start to build with this. Yep. Just gonna keep rolling. You'll be back in the new year with Jesse. He'll be oh, yeah. several teeth lighter. And so that can only help. <laughs> and I'll be there <laughs> watching as I do every week.
2: Yeah. Yeah, we love you. We'll see we'll 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 catch you on the the other side of you know what? We won't catch you on the other side because that's a binary. We're we're gonna like
1: we'll see you where we see you. Yeah. Bye. Bye bye. Bye.